Welcome to the Locked On Islanders Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. We've got a lot to talk about today, July 1st. Can't believe we have actually reached July. That is the deadline for the Ilya Sorokin situation to change, so we will have the latest, at least as of the time that we are recording this, so uh, stick with us on Twitter. We'll keep you up to date. We also have the latest on the NHL's Hub City situation, and we have a look back at our Islanders' birthday of the day, and for our Back to the Future feature, a look at the Islanders and what they might have to do in the expansion draft in a year. Who do they keep? Who do they leave unprotected? It's going to be an interesting series of decisions for Lou Lamorello. Don't forget, if you have a question, a comment, something that's on your mind, as long as it's Islanders related, send us an email. Let us know what it is. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Leave your name. Tell us where you're from. We're happy to talk about it and mention you on the air. You could also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. Alright, so let's start with the Ilya Sorokin situation. A lot of discussion, a lot of negotiations going on, and it appears like the NHL is trying to make it possible for players from overseas to sign now and be eligible to be on playoff rosters this season. And that could mean that Ilya Sorokin comes over from Russia and signs with the Islanders. We are, as of now, waiting for the final word on that situation tomorrow is too late. Today is the deadline, and hopefully, hopefully, the Islanders are really going to get something done to bring Sorokin here. It really is a difference maker for this team to try to land their goalie of the future, get him secured, get him acclimated to North America as soon as possible, let him get a taste of the games here. I doubt he'll play. I don't think we're going to see him starting over either of the two goalies that the Islanders have been using 
all season. Simeon Varlamov and Tomas Grice have played good, not outstanding or great, but good hockey overall for the Islanders. Better in the first half of the year, obviously, than in the second. But to have a goalie who hasn't played in a few months, isn't used to the North American game, you know, it, it would be a tall task, a lot to ask of Ilya Sorokin to have him come and put the entire season more or less on his shoulders as he prepares for a playoff game in what would be his very first action in the NHL. But signing him now gets him here, secures him as an Islander, and allows the Islanders to then reach a long-term agreement with him and start acclimating him into the team culture, into the locker room, into the country, and, and, and just get him ready to play NHL hockey starting next season when and if that next season gets underway. So lots still could happen. Waiting for final word again. If and when there is an update, we will have it for you on Twitter. Make sure you follow us there. But the Islanders hoping they will be able to nail this down and get Ilya Sorokin, their goalie of the future, to Long Island as soon as possible. Now, that's good news coming out of the negotiations right now between the owners and the players, but there's also some bad news as well, and we want to talk a little bit about that. The Islanders, as we've mentioned a few times on this show, very tight for cap space. As of right now, especially with the pandemic, the fact that there won't be fans in the stands for the playoffs this year, that the regular season was cut by 14 games, and that uh, we still don't know whether or not there'll be fans in the stands when the 2020-2021 season gets underway, the salary cap isn't going up anytime in the immediate future. Now, the Islanders have a little more than $10 million in projected cap space for next season with three key unrestricted free agents and possibly, uh, excuse me, restricted free agents and possibly a fourth uh, that they would need to sign. And the big one, obviously, is Matthew Barzal. So Barzi is going to take up at least six, probably seven million dollars a year of that $10 million cap space. And it looks like right now, according again to Larry Brooks of the New York Post yesterday, he tweeted that the subject of amnesty buyouts has barely, if at all, been part of the negotiations between the players and the owners. So don't expect that to be part of the proposal or agreement. And what that means for the New York Islanders is that they just won't be able to buy out some of the high-priced veterans that are on their roster in order to free up cap space. So, look, nearly half the teams in the league, approximately 13 teams, will be roughly in the same boat as the Islanders with $11 million or less in available cap space, including... Teams in the division like the Capitals, Hurricanes, 
and Blue Jackets, Hurricanes and Blue Jackets in significantly worse shape than the Islanders. But the Islanders are going to need to create some cap space and try to now make some trades. The problem with that, guys like Andrew Ladd and Johnny Boychuk, who have been mentioned as possible compliance buyouts, both of them, for example, have no trade clauses in their contracts. So it's going to be tough to trade them, and you can't just use these compliance buyouts to completely wipe out most, if not all, of their cap hit. So a challenge for Lou Lamorello, and we'll see how he handles it once the offseason actually gets underway. And if you want to make sure that your car gets underway, you've got to check out rockauto.com. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless and seemingly intimidating questions and wait until the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing only the brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's your classic or your daily driver, get everything you need in just a few clicks and it's delivered directly to your door, which is very helpful during this difficult time. Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com So, a little bit more news about the NHL's resumption plans. Uh, you know, we, we mentioned a couple of weeks ago already on the show that Vegas was one of the favorites and most likely going to be where the Islanders were heading as well as the rest of the Eastern Conference teams. But now, because of the spread of the coronavirus, the flare-up, the increase in the number of cases in the south and western part of the United States, Vegas may not be doable. In fact, it is now looking more likely, according to Bob McKenzie of TSN up in Canada, that both hub cities could be in Canada, and that would be Toronto and Edmonton. Uh, McKenzie said, I don't know if saying Toronto and Edmonton are the front runners would jinx them, but right now, and it's a very fluid situation, minute to minute, hour to hour, that is the case. Las Vegas, again, looked like it was going to be the uh, Eastern Conference hub, but I'll tell you, the more the coronavirus continues to spike, not only does Vegas come into question, but sports in general really becomes more and more of a question. Can the NHL and all the other sports leagues out there safely hold playoff tournaments, games, even without fans. And we've seen a number of baseball players decide publicly they were going to opt out of this season. Uh, so many hockey players, basketball players, college football players, NFL players, baseball players have been testing positive 
And even with all of these situations, all of these protocols in place, the more the virus spreads, the more difficult it is. I am still hopeful that we will have a playoffs. I really want hockey to come back, but the more the virus spikes, the more I have to question whether or not uh, we'll be able to pull this off. And again, the announcements on the hub cities keeps getting put off probably because this whole spike in the virus complicates the situation for everybody. All right, time for our Islanders birthday of the day. Happy 34th birthday to former Islanders forward Rob Shrimp. Shrimp came over from the Edmonton Oilers, joined the Islanders in 2009-2010, and stayed with them for the first part of the 2010 and 2011 season. Scored 17 goals as an Islander, along with 30 assists for 47 points. 20 penalty minutes was a minus 23 in 89 total games for the Islanders. Uh, was originally drafted by the Oilers in the first round back in 2004 after playing uh, for the Mississauga Ice Dogs and then the London Knights. Ended up uh, after the Islanders with the Atlanta Thrashers before heading out to the Swedish Elite League. The KHL uh, played some in Austria, Switzerland, Sweden, Back to the AHL in 2015-2016, played again in Germany and Austria, and then finally hung up his skates as a professional after the 2017-2018 season. We're going to take a look at one of Rob Schremp's better games, one of his highlights as an Islander, taking you back to February 5th, 2011 at the Nassau Coliseum. 10,415 fans on hand as the Islanders took on the Ottawa Senators. The goaltenders in this game, Robin Lehner for Ottawa, getting the start. Meanwhile, for the Islanders, Kevin Poulin was in between the pipes. In the first period, Islanders get on the board first. Matt Molson, his 18th of the year, from Jack Hillen and John Tavares at 4:10, but that lead lasted all of 13 seconds. Chris Neal answered for Ottawa, his third. Mike Fisher and Chris Kelly with the assists. Islanders regained the lead midway through the period when Michael Grabner got his 16th from Franz Nielsen and Ty Wishart at 9:44. But less than three minutes later, Mike Fisher answers for Ottawa. His 14th, Chris Kelly and ex-Islander Chris Campoli with the assists, and it was a 2-2 hockey game. The Senators took a 3-2 lead at 17-11 of the first period. Former Ranger Alexei Kovalov gets the goal, his 11th from Peter Regan, and another helper for Chris Campoli, and it was a 3-2 Ottawa lead, but 17 seconds later, Rob Shrimp gets his eighth of the season. Jeremy Colleton and Ty Wishart with the assists. And at the end of the first period, it was a 3-3 three three hockey game. Neither team scoring in the second period. But when Robin Lehner was called for elbowing and Chris Phillips called for interference in the last five seconds, 
of the second period. The Islanders had a two-man advantage. And Rob Shrimp, who got a lot of time on the power play when he was with the Islanders, he got his second goal of the game, his ninth of the season, just a minute 39 into the third period. Travis Hamanick and Michael Grabner with the assists. And the Islanders clinched the win with an empty net shorthanded goal. Andrew McDonald was in the penalty box for tripping, but Franz Nielsen ices it with his sixth of the year. Hamanick with the lone assist at 1951. Islanders beating the Ottawa Senators by a score of 5-3 to three in this one. Two goals, as we mentioned, for Rob Shrimp on five shots in this contest. But he was not the only multiple-point scorer for the Islanders. A goal and an assist for Michael Grabner. Travis Hamanick had two helpers, and so did Ty Wishart as far as shots on goal were concerned. Michael Grabner leading the way with six. Shrimp following that up with five. For plus-minus, the following Islanders led the team with a plus-one. Josh Bailey, Travis Hamanick, Milan Yersina, Matt Molson, Franz Nielsen, P.A. Parento, and Ty Wishart. Meanwhile, in goal, Kevin Poulin, 20 saves to earn the victory, and the Islanders get a 5-3 victory on the birthday boys. Big game with the Islanders. Rob Shrimp, 34 years old today. Happy birthday to Rob Shrimp. All right, so the expansion draft is coming. It's just a year away, and in our Back to the Future uh, feature, we're going to take a look at how the Islanders may handle it. Now, remember, Seattle will be entering the league in 2021-2022, the year the Islanders head over to Belmont to play in their new home. And Ron Francis, who will be the general manager of the Seattle team, we don't know their name just yet, is allowed to select one unprotected player from each of the other 31 NHL teams. Now, NHL clubs, Lou Lamorello, for example, can protect either seven forwards, three defensemen, and one goalie, or eight skaters of any position and one goalie. Anybody with a no-movement clause must be protected. And teams must leave two forwards and one defenseman with 40 NHL games in 2020-2021, or a combined 70 NHL games over this season and next season, unprotected. Players with fewer than two years of pro experience, that would be either AHL or NHL, are exempt. So the Islanders are going to have some decisions to make. And look, to me... They got to protect the captain, Anders Lee. They're going to protect Brock Nelson. They're going to protect Beauvillier, Barzal, probably Pajot and Sezikis, probably Jordan Eberle. Uh, they won't have to protect Oliver Wallstrom and Simon Holmstrom, two prospects we've scouted and talked about over the last couple of shows. But that means that among the unprotected, and again, trades can certainly change all of this. But Josh Hosang, Josh Bailey, Cal Clutterbuck, Andrew Ladd, Leo Kamarov, Ross Johnston, Michael Dalcole, 
Otto Koivula and Kiefer Bellows could all be unprotected. Now remember, you're only going to lose one player off of this entire list, but certainly, you know, the Islanders would not want to lose a guy like Bellows, a young prospect. They wouldn't want to lose Bailey or Clutterbuck either, but, uh, you know, salary cap considerations may make that interesting. Also, Casey Sezikis, uh, scheduled to be a free agent after next season, so that may complicate matters as well. So the Islanders may have to leave some very talented younger players or some very uh, valuable veteran players unprotected in this expansion draft. Meanwhile, if they go with three defensemen, you're probably looking at Ryan Pulak, Adam Pellick, and Devon Tays. Noah Dobson would be exempted, and then that leaves Johnny Boychuk, Nick Letty, Thomas Hickey, Scott Mayfield, and Sebastian Ajo unprotected. And, you know, as far as the Islanders are concerned, nothing against Boychuk and Letty. They're both useful players, but they have such high cap numbers, the Islanders would almost welcome uh, losing one of them to at least lower their cap hit and that situation. Now, Boychuk, he'll be 37 by the time the expansion draft comes along. He is probably not going to get picked. Letty is going to be 30, would add some experience, some leadership to the blue line in Seattle. Mayfield also may be one of those players because he's younger and versatile that and less expensive. That may be something Seattle is more interested in. Uh, as far as goalies go, the Islanders would protect Simeon Varlamov and Ilya Sorokin, assuming he signs, would be exempt because he would not have played two full seasons yet in professional hockey as defined by this agreement, which is the AHL or the NHL. So, tough decisions ahead for Lou Lamorello, and it remains to be seen what he's going to do, but it is one of those things that now, with a year left, you have to start thinking about. And, you know, it also is a question of who the Islanders may bring up, who will make the team next year. There may be some young players who they want to keep exempted from the expansion draft, so they don't bring them up as quickly. Uh, and, you know, there's also the possibility of Lamorello making a deal, a a, a trade with Seattle in order to try to uh, keep them away from certain players or get them to pick certain players. But the Islanders, you know, they've traded away a lot of their draft picks in deals already, and they may not have the ammunition in order to pull off a deal like that uh, involving draft picks because Seattle may not be interested. You know, a third-round pick may not be enough or a fourth-round pick, and the Islanders don't have a lot of firsts and seconds left to to deal under these circumstances. So we'll keep an eye on it, lots to think about, but the expansion draft is our Back to the Future feature on today's Locked on Islanders podcast. Now, if you're enjoying the show, and I hope that you are, please leave us a five-star rating and a review on your podcatcher of choice. That helps other Islander fans 
find the podcast. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Islanders. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NHL for a national perspective on the game of hockey. Have a great day. Stay safe, everyone. And remember, we're always one day closer to the resumption of hockey. And of course, let's go Islanders.